Welcome to this week's instalment of Near Perfect Pitch. That's our intro music, which is actually an outro, for those of you in the know. Uh, lots of stuff coming up this week. Got some new releases, got uh, a wonderful interview with uh, Pete McLeod, and uh, I think we'll kick things off this week with a hat trick. Uh, that's a football reference. It's very clever. Um, we're going to play three, three uh, songs that are very, very close to my heart. And I'm going to uh, start off with uh, something called... Eric, what have we got lined up? I've got a guest this week too, by the way. Hello. I have... Hello. Just about, take that, just about to take the mic off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric's not been in the studio for a while. It's only been uh, so, 15 years at least. And uh, for however long he's been back in the studio, I've only been back in the studio marginally longer myself. So we're, we're going to play some tracks today, uh, ranging from the likes of uh, The Fall to Dream Academy to, uh, let's see what's in my little ammo box here. And I'm not lying, it's an actual ammo box. Uh, yeah, we've got some Shack, we've got some Suede, we've got some Pale Saints, we've got all sorts of goodies. So uh, I think we'll start with uh, the hat trick of songs and I'll explain to you uh, the wonderful, really cryptic, really, really core, intelligent meaning behind the whole shooting match uh, after... After we uh, after we play them all, so uh, let's start right now, and I'll be back soon.
try to uh, add some method to that madness. We just heard uh, three corkers, in my humble opinion, kick things off with the fall. That was uh, a B-side of um, Hit the North, and that was Hit the North. That's part two. Um, if you bought the 12-inch, it was a, a wonderful gatefold. And um, uh, two B-sides, Hit the North, part two. And uh, another one of my all-time favourites, which I'll probably play next week, actually, uh, Australians in Europe. Um, I had uh, the pleasure or misfortune living with Australians in London in uh, what they what they refer to as Kangaroo Valley, which is uh, Earl's Court. Uh, I think it's uh, obligatory for, uh, for Australians to take at least a year or two off and go walk about. Proof positive is my uh, niece is coming uh, this this Christmas uh, from from down down under. So um, anyway, start off with the fall. So the premise of this hat trick uh, is. Uh, Singles that uh, mean an awful lot to me, but singles whose B-sides literally make me soil myself in terms of the quality, uh, i.e. they could be uh, album tracks, uh, uh, sorry, uh, singles in their own right. Um, now, the, the second one, uh, wonderful tune by, by The Jam, B-side Strange Town, which I bought as a fresh-faced kid, snot-nosed kid, 1979. And the first time I heard that was uh, a suitable uh, poo pants moment. And then the last one was uh, The Smiths, and that is Gene. And uh, again, a throwaway B-side. Uh, I don't think so. Many, many people have covered it since. Uh, probably the most uh, famous cover of it is, is by Billy Bragg. does a rather good job of it. Um, so I've got Eric in the studio. And the reason Eric is here is, uh, well, it's... it's, uh, it's, it's for a multitude of reasons, one of which is a mate. Uh, secondly, he is uh, a man of exquisite taste when it comes to music. He's a football fan, uh, and he has the ignominy of being an Arsenal fan. But not just an Arsenal fan, but an Arsenal fan that actually knows who he's talking about, which is, in these days is, is as rare as unicorn poo. So <laughs> we're going to talk about football. So we're going to digress a little bit from... Um, from the tunes, uh, perhaps we can tease and say that the, the next track's going to be something that uh, you're quite keen on. Very, and and quite current and new. Brand spanking. Yeah. And uh, fresh Dropping this week, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, it's, it's a fresh platter. Um, yeah, freshly ripped from uh, the, 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 <laughs> the, best, the best audio I could possibly get my hands on. Um, so uh, we're referring to the new Radiohead single, which... Uh, if this was entertainment tonight or one of those shows, it would have set the internet alight. All the activity. Yes. I, yesterday was the first time I'd heard of somebody called Megan Trainer, And the reason I heard it, because my wife was watching one of these crap programs and they were saying right. the internet was set alight by her new single in as much as it was set alight by Drake's album the day before. Is it the same as lighting farts on fire? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a different internet to the one I, I actually use. Right. Anyway, so we've got Eric in the studio. We've got some banter, um, and before we get into some chit-chat, to let you know what's coming up, I've got it all written down. I'm really, really organised. Uh, we've got an interview with, uh, with Pete McLeod, which, uh, which I hope you'll enjoy. I certainly enjoyed uh, chatting with him. Very, very, uh, very affable uh, and talented man, and uh, his new album is forthcoming, I think, if I remember rightly. It's on the 24th of June, and you can pre-order it from PeteMcLeod.net, but we'll get into that more later. Um, so let's talk about Arsenal. Being a Liverpool fan, of we course. all have our problems. Well, yeah, apparently <laughs> you do. You're sitting, you're sitting right there as an Arsenal fan. Um, um, let's, let's talk about Arsenal in terms of the whining contingent and the embarrassing array of tomfoolery. The Wobs, the, 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 the Vanger Out uh, Brigade. Yeah, well, let, let's start with that because 
usually when you want change and you want to get rid of somebody, there's, there's usually a plan A or a plan B, i.e., if you were to get rid of him, who's going to come in? Well, there was a whole slew of there's been a whole slew of uh, of names dropped over the years. There's there was Billich was was a was a favorite for a long time, and and you know his ambitions are as uh, you know are being realized at Upton Park and uh, well, that's we, a free uh, stadium. Yeah, yeah. So a lottery win there instead of the uh, the man who slogged through getting us one of the world class football stadiums. And you were, and you were, you were, you were poverty stricken for five years in the transfer market as a result. Yeah. And while I, you know, I, I, I'm as frustrated as pretty much, I think, safe to say all Arsenal supporters are, it's been, you know, th- those five years you can, you can sort of forgive, even give it six or seven, or six or seven to sort of recoup that, uh, that period of time. But uh, we really, you know, we've got at least a couple of FA Cups to show for, and that's not nothing. It's, uh, I still enjoy the FA Cup. I'm, I, sh- I know you do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a competition we all grew up with and I think and I think loved t- and and I think those are the moments because it's such a one one off final match victory. Um, once the once the actual sort of rounds are completed and that final comes, it's that you know something is being decided today and the hope makes you nervous and your palms sweaty and 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 you know that at the end of that match. You're going to have a trophy, and or you're not, or, or you're not, and and, uh, and 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 and. Well, the FA Cup. Just just interject here. Is, 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 is I love the FA Cup. You know, being brought up watching uh, when it was the final, they'd have a World of Sport on one, on ITV, and they'd have um, Football Focus on, on on BBC, and they'd you know they'd have you following the buses, um, you know, and it was it was just a, a wonderful event. You know, even if your your team wasn't in it, you you at least. Uh, could could get, become a part of the of the passion, and now the, the FA have got a real big job to market it. And I think one way to solve that issue would be the UEFA to have the winner of the FA Cup have a Champions League place, rather than maybe take away the fourth place. Take away, or take away the, yeah. the the nonsense of the fourth place qualification. Yeah, and and again, thanks to City, we'll talk about them later. But uh, or they, a more focused, uh, you know, Cup Winners Cup. Uh, style competition the following season. Do, do, do we need another bloody competition? Well, now? maybe you know, maybe strip down something else. I don't know. I mean, UEFA, I guess, has 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 finally actually maybe brought some kind of um, uh, has has successfully, I think, raised the quality of say the Europa. Uh, what was the Europa? Do Cup you think so? And and because I tell you something, if a lot Liverpool, of if Liverpool, teams in there. Yeah, but, some but, If Liverpool hadn't played Man United, and then the next round was the Dortmund, the Dortmund game. Take take out those two ties, I wouldn't sure. cr- I wouldn't cross the street to watch the Europa League. I really wouldn't. Sure. By virtue of what's left, uh, so I'm not being a professional devil's advocate here. I'm just saying that to, to, to add seriousness to the FA Cup, which of course Arsenal have had great success in. They've got the, the greatest success rate. Yes, we're quite good at all. it. Yes, you're very. You're very so, so so I have an affinity for it. You're very we're good. Quite good at showing it. up the you know second or third week of May to to, uh, to the stadium. But okay, so FA Cups aside, the cachet. We all know football's a business. We all know it's a marketing machine. Yeah. FA Cup's viewership is not really going up. It would only gain a massive audience if it was a, a Manuel Arsenal or a, or, or a Liverpool Everton or what have you, a game of prominence. Um, so they've got to contend with the Premier League money, the Premier League marketing machine. So Arsene Wenger is out. Bilic is taken. In terms of viable managers out there, in terms of this merry-go-round, because we deal with the domino effect, of course. In today's market, 
people looking for jobs who are viable, actively looking, who aren't taken. There's Mourinho, who is odds on to go to uh, to Man United. You've got uh, you've got the likes of um, Simeone, who could be pried away. But would you want to? Do you really envision? Do you really envision Simeone prowling the touchline uh, at the Emirates and you know not butting heads with the board uh, to the extent that you know when they've worked with somebody for so long that that that, that just that he's just sort of the he's a, total he's antithesis a gentleman. of, of yeah. yes of, of what of what they've been. So you're corroborating what I'm trying to say. Is that yeah. there's, there's not really anyone viable out there. That said, I mean, I I wouldn't have a problem with a bunch of one 0 victories and and uh, or maybe away goals against Bayern actually work you, in our favor. You, as an individual of who I know, us. I don't think you'd have a bone of contention with that. But I think no. most Arsenal fans would then they're never happy. So then it's one nil and it's boring. So yeah. um, let's let's harp back to the potential in terms of a manager. What one one manager I think. There's two. One's, one's not going to ever happen because of uh, because of, of, of rivalry, and that's uh, Pochettino, who's a phenomenal manager, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Um, and uh, if he was to go somewhere huge after Spurs, I don't think anybody would be remotely surprised well, He just scribbled with his that. big crayon on a five-year deal there, I think. Yeah, and, so, I mean, but you, you know as well as I do, there's caveats galore. So yeah. if it's Barca or Real or PSG or something, he'll be able to talk to him. Um, so the other one that just stands out to me that, that could culturally, that's the big thing, culturally align, is Komen. Yeah. And as an Arsenal fan, could you see him, um, apart from him looking like the Milky Bar kid, do you think he could do the job? It's funny that Coleman is probably a more likely candidate that would, I think, that would work in terms of style, in terms of management, in terms of play on the pitch. Recruitment. Recruitment. And recruitment. Um, He's also come from a, he's also, you know, at St. Mary's where their, 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 their academy has been really partly our our academy. Well, you took you took <laughs> off them lately, haven't you? I mean, uh, and and, and uh, I think there's enough players in it with international reputations that we would be willing to play uh, for him. Um, the funny that the Dutch name that gets tossed around is Frank de Boer, and um, but I think that's often with the uh, hope that he brings. Uh, God, or rather, Dennis Bergkamp, uh, along with him, and by road, by road, uh, or, uh, or or by or road, rail. or Euro, 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 Euro uh, or, tunnel, or ferry, and, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so again, this is just furthering what I what I believe in is that, okay, great. You want to get rid of somebody? Who's going to come in? Because the only the only comparison I can I can sort of call from in, in, in recent history is is Ferguson at Man United. Uh, having left his footprint there from everywhere from the tea lady to the groundsman. And Wenger has been as instrumental and as involved for almost as long. Um, and we all saw what happened to uh, Liverpool Football Club when when uh, when Dalgleish left. Uh, it, it was a very, very sharp decline uh, because the culture was ripped out of the club and the continuity was not there. Man United made the same mistake. Arsenal fans have got two two stories to look back on to try and heed warning and say, look, if we're going to do this, we've got to do it properly. I think I think sacking Wenger, you know, whether it be whether it had been before the end of the season when it looked like we were running out of contention, and or you know, on uh, like like Allardyce was let go, you know, as, at the final <laughs> whistle last year, yeah. um, is a knee jerk reaction to. I'm going to say, you know, maybe thirty percent of disgruntled Arsenal supporters and I think there's probably 
I think probably 80% of Arsenal supporters at the moment are a bit disgruntled. Um, the results haven't been what a club at this level expects. Um, but, you know, there's also, there was at least six other clubs that had, for, for the most part, terrible seasons this year. Um, <laughs> and the rest, when 77 yeah. points wins you the league, to and and a and a five thousand to one odd club, who credit to them have been the best club from start to finish this season, um, shows you just how much parity has come into the league, um, and that uh, um, we're not we don't have the same. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought there. Um, Are you talking about drawing players to the club? Or, or, no, no, no. About about the fact that 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 I think there's a lot of clubs that have seriously. There, there's been massive underachievement by all of the proverbial top clubs. Well, this, this year, season, this, this year, this, but this Arsenal year. fans have. But we have been doing it. We and those that are very angry and want change have maintained that it has Despite been... Despite European football it, 10 it, years in a row, it's it, not good enough, it right? It has been. It has been more than 10 years Well, you were, row, you were there. You were there when you came the closest. You were in Paris, weren't you? I, I was in Paris. Yeah, you spent good money to go uh, there. And that's and, the closest and, you've and had, 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 had Jens not, you know, been mad Jens and come out there, I, th- I think we could have... Uh, I think we could have pipped that game. I, I remember walking around Paris that day and, and, and uh, any Barcelona supporters I, I passed by looked at us at, at myself and other our supporters with with nerves and, I think and they were not they were not expecting a win that day now anybody anybody who knows anything about football knew that that game was yours for the taking yeah. there was something about it uh, there was something about the way that you, you the the 11 on the pitch uh, set up that day uh, and I actually thought you were going to win it and I thought you were desperately unlucky not to yeah. but but back back to we'll get back to uh, to Wenger in a bit. I reckon yeah. we should play some radio ads because sure. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you do some zen zen motions. Well, I think this, is, this will be something that everybody uh, that that the uh, the, the Wenger out uh, brigade uh, would you know are probably looking at burn the witch. So yeah, well we don't <laughs> don't burn Wenger. Listen to this no. and uh, this this will sort you out.
you're lucky to be hearing that, and I'm lucky to have it. Uh, that is um, a new single that's going to be uh, released on uh, the 7th. Uh, and I, I know it's around about the 3rd or 4th, 3rd today, is it? 4th. May the 4th be with oh, you. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, bloody Star Wars day, isn't it? So yeah, you're not into Star Wars, are you? No, 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 no. Not a big fan at all. No, <laughs> but I, I kind of... Um, Boycotted that you know about four or five years ago now now because it's well, you just ev- didn't feel like buying something that was Star Wars related today because <laughs> no, it's really the only thing that I'm, happens. I'm talking about social media postings. Oh. It's like you know, I'll let, let the rest of the world throw them up today. Yeah. Right, that's a new single, uh, Monica Ward, and uh, Periscope, uh, mate of mine. Um, that is available on uh, numberonemusic.com slash Monica Ward and Periscope. That's Heroes, of course, and if you don't know uh, uh, that song, then I pity you. You should probably turn this thing off right now. Um, Eric, let's let's continue where we left off. Well, um, just just before we do that, the Radiohead track. Oh, cracky! Yeah. I mean, we can't really ignore the. Well, he did have to, he did have to throw down a tarpaulin in here because he got rather excited. Um, in all honesty, that that, that track, is a ridiculous track, isn't it? It's it's thirteen years in the making. Yeah. Apparently, the very first times they started that. playing with it, it was around two thousand three, and they did. I do recall hearing it in, I think it was Montreal's Place des Arts show in 2006. You're dating yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Actually, so so you, we paid homage to yeah. that. I mean, we... we there was it was a version that I heard at that point. They had they had very roughly started working on it. I, so. I read I read its sort of um, evolution, if, if you like, and yeah. uh, it's as you quite rightly say, it's it's. I don't think it's a song that's taken as long to yeah. to, to, to reach final product. Yeah. And this is going to be on the on the forthcoming new record, right? Which should just drop out of the blue again, much like. So in keeping with radio ads, they're gonna they're gonna surprise us. Yeah. Because you, they'll you, close the internet totally, rather than just disappear from. Just it. like on and, the IT yeah. crowd, they'll yes. break the internet, <laughs> and then they'll, they'll, they'll upload. It. And before that, uh, actually after that, um, we, we segued into uh, uh, some Pale Saints from um, from a record that I'm I'm very very fond of, and uh, I've got the I think I've got the Canadian pressing here on Polygram, um, in ribbons, and that's uh, one of the singles off the record called uh, "Throwing Back the Apple." Uh, they're from Leeds, by the way. Um, so let's talk about um, where we left off. We were talking about uh, the woes of Arsenal Football Club and what you can do to uh, bring in some new blood that you think will be able to take you that next step forward. So I think one thing that uh, a lot of a lot of the uh, those that want Wenger out fail to recognise is the desire of players to play for Arsene Wenger. Alexis Sanchez, Mesut Ozil are not there purely because they wanted to play in London. Alexis Sanchez would be a Liverpool player if Wenger hadn't, hadn't courted him. There's no two ways about yeah. it. And Ozil would not be there if he didn't know the style of play that is basically made for him. I don't think he would have gone to another English club, frankly. No. I He would have... St- Stayed in Real or gone to uh, yeah. well, he wouldn't have stayed in Real based on them picking up. He'd have gone elsewhere in Spain, but he would have gone. Or he would have to gone Italy to Barcelona, back to Germany, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Keep cracking on. It's interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. So it's. So I, I, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm relying upon you to talk about this. So it's uh, you know, we've there's always this the, the the argument that you know he never buys anybody, and yes, not buying a single outfield player last summer was a bit bizarre, and while. Peter Cech is, you know, arguably still a top keeper in the Premier League. Um, he's still young in keeper terms. 
I think he's 34 now, I think, or thereabouts. And uh, um, we'll have to use the Google to figure that out. But um, you don't you don't give a crap. But uh, it's, it's, it's not a matter of not giving a crap. Yeah. It's just that, you know, I, I can only handle so many things. I'm working the board here. I'm, yeah. I'm on the internet. I'm doing all kinds of things here. Because you have to appreciate this this show is it, it, it's me and Eric sitting here. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very inf- very much in its infancy. Well, I suppose. Well, actually, you know. It, Two Pints of Lago was on for uh, for over ten years. Yeah, but you didn't have the internet to distract you. I I, I did actually. It was, it was in its formative days. I had people calling in. Yes. That's when the show was on the internet. But you had to it was have an telnet, awful, wasn't you it? You had to have an awfully good connection. <laughs> but I'd be getting bizarre requests from all over the place. But yeah. that was a, a a different time, as it were. Yes. So anyway. We, we, so anyway, back to we're back digressing. To, yeah. So so last summer's out, uh, you know outlay of 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 a million eleven million pounds for for one for one goalkeeper was was a bit bizarre and when the club really did probably need something more um but again i don't think he can or did legislate for the injuries that you know really affected our term not you know i'm not talking to jack wilshires i think that was probably you he probably would have assumed that jack is going to miss his playing style dictates missing a <laughs> large portion of the season he has his own personal um, wheelchair doesn't he? yeah that? and uh or and or uh or, or, or say say thomas Rosicki for the for that thomas Rosicki note so um but there's um you've had a problems with 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 uh, walcott and um i don't and, think uh, chamberlain I don't think. Uh, I mean, I think there was an honest effort to try and get a forward, um, and I think the indication from that was that Welbeck's uh, announcement of his injury and surgery didn't take place until the window closed, because knowing, as a bargaining chip, knowing that your number two or that's right, your tied des- number your one striker, you, your price just went up. You know. Potentially ten million pounds for, but that for was all. Striker. That all ended up being redundant because there was no. In the end, no, they didn't no get anybody, made, so, and, yeah. and 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 that was that was probably the biggest mistake because to have the burden on Giroud, who I don't think is a bad, um, although he's in his worst. He's a squad player. 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 He's a squad player. And he's a very good striker, but uh, very good, very good. He, we, you need, opt- a, you need options, class. and and uh, um, he does a lot of good things off the ball he does a lot of good things in terms of holding up play bringing the ball down as a target man but as a he 38, needs a, he 38 needs matches plate, per though, season doesn't he? he doesn't he's he's he, yes i mean he's he's he needs his pace is not up. his pace is not going to uh you know outrun the best but if he can defensive. play to his strengths he's, he's he's a decent he's a good yeah. he's a good and 20, 20 goal a year striker isn't he really yeah yeah, I I'm mean, this slump has has been poor, has been has been particularly detrimental, and I think now in this week's match, uh, um, I've forgotten who but Norwich. Uh, he looked very much um, like it's gone to like like it's it's, it's, it's in his now. head and it's psychological oh, yeah. now, and uh, or his beard is you know um, too pointy. Well, that's an um, entirely different topic yes. of debate, and I'm not going to get into a character assassination. So but that beard's so, got to go. So to the point of the summer and the transfer market, and just saying that you know the arg- traditional argument is that Wenger never spends, never spends, but we've outlaid over two hundred million pounds. In the last four years, he's done a good and job of recouping as well. And this has been a period without many sales. Um, you know, th- sort of after that uh, waste of skin Dutch skunk uh, Van Persie was sent off to uh, to Man United. He was the last really big core player that was sold. Sold on, yeah. 
for for financial recuperation purposes and also just because it was a total let's i don't know if this is you just uh, have to you just have to you know, exercise words, exercise yeah. some restraint here yeah so anyway i did tear those numbers th- that name off the back of my uh, off the n- back of my kit we, we, we've had this uh, conversation before yeah. if if it was the equivalent uh, you know liverpool player a, a lifelong boyhood fan yeah. waltzing off to uh, to the evil empire yeah i would uh, i would probably yeah. need restraining but um so you know, I I don't know. I don't th- I don't know that there's I, I I don't have the solution. If I did, I'd I'd, I'd call up uh, Gazidis or I'd uh, or, or or silent Sam and uh, and whisper in his 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 ears and and uh, say stop worrying about your moving your Rams to L.A. and and please concentrate on on uh, on on the club in London. I mean, I think he's probably more detrimental to the running of the cl- the operations of the club um, because I. Th- from his observing Cronky's style of ownership um, with the Rams, the Nuggets, I believe, and... Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, the Rams and Nuggets. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just a and, team called and, the Nuggets. Yeah. So you're having the laugh, aren't you? <laughs> and, and, uh, and the Colorado Rapids. These are not franchises that have really traditionally gone for titles um he's he's notorious for making money from his from his teams regardless of what they win or what or their aspirations they, or where are where they're going to play for yeah. that matter yeah. and and i think it's a different environment that he's not quite used to um in england and he's seems to be you know the the club seems to run itself a little bit dissociated from him he's not he doesn't have rules as far as i've heard from you know multiple sources that he's fairly laissez-faire with the day-to-day operations of of, of players and clubs and at the end of the day he's also not he's not he wasn't the reason we you know lost uh matches to bottom teams i mean he's he's no and and blue he's no randy learner let's not let's let's establish that now but um, and this is, I think, that's my problem that makes me feel, as a supporter, quite embarrassed about this. The, the placards that come into the stadium on the week that they had on the weekend, and this this vitriol that's spewed by supporters at the club and at the team and at the manager, who has done nothing but, honestly, this man is a competitive man who wants to win, and anyone who doesn't think so is is naive and doesn't truly hasn't really watched Arsene Wenger over the years but the vitriol and the placards it that is the kind of thing that you see you see at Charlton right now and you see with Randy Lerner you see at Bolton you see at Fulham yeah and and these are problematic ownerships and or you know where or 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 management situations that are very detrimental to the long-term success of those clubs and I don't think there's been anything that's happened that is detrimental to the long-term success of Arsenal. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in. We can talk perennial about Champions League competitors, and at least we're always at least at Christmas time in with a shout for the league. Well, you're always in for a shout, but you know, David Dean was a watershed for me. It is personally. A, it was a big and, thing. And uh, as 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 not not being an Arsenal fan, but having a vested interest yeah. in football. And trying trying to know as much as I can possibly get my hands on, my my understanding and take trying to be as as objective as, as as possible, trying to eliminate passion and partisan aspirations and all that stuff from football. The the the, the behind the scenes at Arsenal for the last uh, the last few years, 
uh, it, it's all about divvying up shares and ownership and power. And, and at the end of the day, I don't think there are too many characters who could have ridden that storm like a Wenger with all that nonsense going on in the background. It's almost like a power struggle. No, Be- because, they would have jumped ship. But yeah, that's my whole point. So again, he's a special type of chap. Uh, and also David Dean's departure, as I just mentioned, to me, that was uh, that was up there with uh, with what happened at Manchester United, you know. Uh, and I think that he was the first step in making uh, things particularly difficult for Wenger because they were they were joining the hip, uh, very much so in terms of their decision making. It was not. It was you know acrimonious, sure. to say the least. And and he had, you know, David Dean had everything to do with bringing Arsene Wenger to the club in the first place. Um, had scouted him a, a relative unknown as well uh, yes and 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 years in advance of him actually arriving at the club and they had made overtures prior and and uh to to arsene eventually joining in 96 don't guess me eric is, is it you could go to you could go to the emirates right now and you could just like collar somebody walking out of a turnstile odds on they've got no idea as to the kind of content you've been you've been spewing out right now in terms of what really goes on, what really has happened, and the inner workings of the club, because they just see the end result. Yeah. And they don't have any clue. But it's as wrong to, to say that I think that there aren't any, I, I mean, I've at least spoken online, not in necessarily the politest of conversation, but I've spoken online with supporters who are of my generation, our generation and older, mm-hmm. um, who have been frustrated for quite some time. Um, they were, are or were season ticket holders. Um, I and and do understand you know the struggles that we've gone through, but also you know at this point have resigned themselves to wanting change. But I think that it's sort of that default. Well, you know the buck stops with the manager, so to speak, and and he's responsible for what happens on the pitch. And yes, there there is a responsibility of any manager for the performance of their players, but I don't think. In a situation where you've had a manager in, in place for 20 years that you can look at, you know, a six month period and say it's no good anymore um, and he's not. And it's like, let's, you know, let's start again and and to, to or, or, or go again <laughs> to start, coin another yeah. to, co- to coin another phrase. But start uh, Starting again yeah. from scratch. It's Ma- funny. Speaking, madness speaking, in speaking terms of, of that, I think there was uh, I think uh, was it Morgan uh, West Morgan or or uh, you Lester? Yeah. Or, um, or or somebody said somebody on Saturday or on Sunday after their t- after their draw with uh, Man United, they they, they uttered uh, we go again and uh, and 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 instantly it was oh no the Gerard curse has come out and oh crikey yeah yeah let's and, let's and, let's uh, uh, the less said about that the better yeah. anyway I think I think we need a break let's sure. hear some let's hear some chameleons.
presence, loving in the seasons. Fifty million lovers shading at the doorposts. Fifty million reasons, loving in the seasons.
by Jingo. That's a good song, isn't it? I'm remembering Britpop dancing in I'm not. I'm listening to... I'm, I'm remembering Sennheiser's. You're remembering dancing. But uh, it's all the same thing. It all amounts to the same you thing. You blew your hip up by 94. Yeah, right? yeah, my hip's yeah. knackered. So Animal Nitrate, that's, uh, of course, Suede from, from the first LP on Nude Records from goodness knows when. It seems like a bloody lifetime ago, doesn't it? Uh, and before that, um, we heard uh, Comedy by Shaq, Michael Head, who, in my estimated opinion, is the, the, the best living songwriter uh, to, to reside on, 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 uh, on, the, on the British continent, the island thereof, the islands thereof. Um, so uh, I'm a massive, massive Shaq fan. Michael Head's just uh, uh, done a series of gigs in the UK. You probably saw the Merrick. Just uh, doing some nice, nice, intimate gigs, and there's there's a, there's a limited edition Blu-ray that's just been released on uh, Violet Records, and the uh, release. I don't, I don't know. I haven't talked to you about this before, so this is all new. Um, they were to release an album called uh, The Old World, which was a bunch of uh, outtakes and demos and, and uh, reworkings and uh, sessions of of the the actual studio LP, and it got pulled. I managed to get my hands on a copy uh, oh, wow. last week, so I, I was able to play some some tracks. What? Some tracks. I'll play a couple of things. A track at least. (laughs) Uh, And prior to that was um, it was uh, the Chameleons, uh, a band that uh, I think were grossly underrated and didn't get the attention of uh, the music press as much as they should have done. And that's a Peel Session version of one of their better known tracks. uh, That's Perfume Garden. And uh, we've got some chit-chat about some football now before we get uh, to the next song, which will be from uh, the Jazz Butcher. Jazz Butcher, a.k.a. Pat Fish. Um, I had an interview with uh, with him last week. And he was on the, the first instalment of uh, Near Perfect Pitch. So uh, I wanted to play this track last week, didn't get to it, so I'm going to play it uh, after Eric and I have a little chit-chat about uh, the goings-on in the Champions League today. And uh, I was frankly surprised, don't know about you, that uh, there weren't more goals in the game. And I was particularly surprised uh, surprised how poor Man City were uh, any thoughts I, I, on I can, that? I, I only caught uh, about uh, the first half hour or about half hour of the match total I think on either side of the of halftime and, and uh, nothing I saw from City indicated they were playing at a tempo that was at all going to threaten uh, um the, the Madrid's defense in any way. Well, Aguero's got to be on his game, right? And Aguero was. Uh, I think he showed up. He was a. And to be fair to him, he actually got no. He got absolutely no service, and then no support when he did have the ball. There was nobody running in behind for support, and hence uh, our assessment of it being poor. Yes, we can't and blame yes, him. Yes, yeah. and and uh, and then he had one moment there. I think the 88th minute or something. I I, I saw in, in the replays. Yeah, and, he pulled and, the trigger, and it was uh, it was covered by the keeper. It, yeah. was, it would have been it would have been a save. But um, I was just a, a little bit. Uh, I was expecting a lot more fight, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, especially when you need a goal. And I was expecting expecting a lot more kitchen sink action, you know. And I was expecting a little more urgency even from Real Madrid for that matter because knowing knowing particularly that uh, But they did that, carve that out chances no and they, they they were very profligate in front of goals. Yes. So but they were at least I, I don't think they weren't Modric going for especially goals. Especially that one moment you where didn't he was see, on or two right. But you didn't see Real Madrid in the last 5 10 minutes taking no. it into the corner flag, no. did you? No one no. another goal. No. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 set yeah, up, it's I, set I, up. I, I was getting text updates at that point and 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 just 
just saying, you know, seeing. Oh, and he's. Uh, I think uh, Rodriguez slipped. Uh, yes. You know, just when he was in on goal. And, that's and, right. Uh, that's right. Those yeah. are those are those are those are handful of chances that, that could have made it two, three, two I, three or four nil. I, I think it sets up a you know another potentially enjoyable final as long as it doesn't go the way that. It did in fourteen. Well, it could I be mean, uh, could be another bus parking endeavor. I think uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, again, I was hoping it depends for a, on it depends a different really, final. Yeah, and I, I think it'll. I think it grossly depends on how uh, whether Rail has found their way back into the three way race for what is turning out to you know being. It'll be the a pretty least, brave man to put some money on that. Well, just I mean, but but it's. It's still a three-way race, which rarely happens in La Liga. So it's it's uh, um, and Barcelona have shown a little inconsistency over the last few weeks, no, despite being very good at the football. Nobody seems to want it, and uh, Letty Letty could well sneak in. But uh, I have a, a feeling that now they've made the final, there's going to be some decisions, of course, for the last last few games in terms of who's who's starting, who's on the bench, etc. So interesting. And they may have shown their hand too with you know how they dealt with Barcelona. And that you know that Real will see how they how 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 they played. I mean, they they play different systems. They're, they're, but you know, I think Real will be their own worst enemy, though, because he, despite all that reconnaissance and knowing what kind of animal you're going to be facing, it's in their DNA, and it's expected for them to go yeah. for the jugular. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm quite sure that there might be some trepidation in the back of their minds, but I just don't think they can't play any uh, any other way, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting. But it's it's something. That I mean, I'm on not, paper, I'm not gonna you have to you have to say it's Real Madrid. But on paper, Barcelona was 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 going to watch scrunch the that paper up and, and chuck it in the bin. Yeah, we but don't put we don't play sports on paper. I was hoping. I was just hoping for for, for Bayern to, to to have a little little snifter, yeah. you know. But um, again, we're not in it, and we're not likely to be in it unless we can uh, we can clutch that Europa League. But that involves having to. Get past get past the team uh, tomorrow. So that's my that's my focus. How, how are your feelings on that? I mean, it was a it was a kind of a snatch at the very end there last last week. And, I was actually uh, I was of course disappointed, but yeah. it's not insurmountable. Uh, again, it's a game of football. Paper means bugger all. They're a very good side. Don't get me wrong, Villarreal, but we're at home and our home advantage is is well documented. I don't think you have to be uh, a football yeah. aficionado to understand that uh, uh, home support can... I think, can, can I think l- Dortmund learned that lesson. And, again, and, yeah. that's a prime example. And, so, uh, again, first goal. First goal is going to be immense, but but right now I, I'm, I'm confident we'll get through, but I, it's not going to be a cakewalk, that's for sure. But again, you could be you could be doing what I did to you a while ago and needling me about, the, uh, about my club, but... Uh, it depends on who we start up front, and uh, it depends what's in uh, in Jurgen's mind. And we got Emery Chan's made this recovery where he could he could conceivably play, and he was he was slated to be uh, uh, out for the for the remainder of the mm-hmm. season. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next time uh, on the next show, I'll either be very happy or very miserable. We'll, <laughs> have, to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but the uh, the Europa League could could well usurp the. Uh, Champions League in terms of excitement, which I think UEFA For would five, uh, yeah. rub their hands together because, as I mentioned before, um, had you know a Sparta Prague plays a plays a Sevilla in a final. It's it's not exactly uh, box office, is it? No. Uh, and Liverpool, of course, I'm, I'm biased. If there is a, a big big English club, big German club. But uh, a Spanish also run like Sevilla, who are, they're on for a hat trick, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So that they're going to be fully incentivized. 
I just wish it was a different tournament. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it as a as a ticket into Europe because. And you play the match, the schedule, the game that's on the schedule. Well, that's it. I mean, our fourth, fourth place now, and, and difference between fifth and ninth in the Premier League is of no consequence. To be frank, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, a few million here and there. And with, it's with funny the, because you hear the, the pundits every cash. week talking yeah. now about how, oh, you know, it's 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 uh, Southampton's, you know, put in a, they put in a, a fantastic performance against City on the weekend, mm. which, you know, gave us. Uh, at least the three-point breathing space that we face them this weekend, and yeah. hopefully they're further miser- miserable. Uh, you know, with the results today, I was I was quite I was quite hoping that they'd be unhappy going into the weekend, yeah, and uh, and I'm hoping that the unhappiness of Spurs uh, continues. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's your there because uh, we can over then then, then Saint Totteringham is still on as far as like you know. <laughs> yeah, you were as happy as anybody was when uh, when that goal went in, weren't you? Oh. Yeah, there's no love lost between uh, between Arsenal and Spurs. That's that's uh, my, that my, is a fact. My, my, my favorite so far has been I don't know if you've seen it the uh, the little vine that's gone on of Harry Kane. Oh yes, uh, screaming at the, at the at the with the ball in his hand and, and uh, or the uh, um, ESPN in the US. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know, that I didn't ESPN see on the US was breaking news. Tottenham Hotspur have won the EPL. Tottenham Hotspur have won the EPL. We'll be back with more as they show. Luster supporters jumping in the streets and dancing. Oh, so because they didn't more, understand more that the game journalism. wasn't being played by Leicester City or the Leicester Foxes, as many other American. No, no, the Leicester. Yeah. They kick ass, huh? Jeez. Or Leicester, so sorry. Oh, so. Yeah, the less said about been, ESPN, it's, it's, the better. It's 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 just it's 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 uh, well, we're, remarkable. We are it subject was. to that because of the TSN having been. You know, bought by ESPN and yeah. the NBC deal is through ESPN, so we have to have the the dross that is Robbie Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl and the Robbies. Yeah, the the, the Wobbies. The, yeah. Anyway, let's play some tunes. All right.
up a pen, imagine a song, did you think I'd never flown, to the heights to which you saw, picking up a pen, it's like picking up a spade, to plan and sow a seed, or digging your own grave, I'm made from stars, like a planetary stone, Did you think I'd never flown to the heights to which you saw? Picking up a pen, it's like picking up a spade To plan and sow a seed, or digging your own grave
AC Acoustics. Hand passes plenty. That is the uh, the single version, the non-LP version, if you like, uh, and uh, the version I prefer. AC Acoustics, uh, Scottish, playing a lot of Scottish stuff, a lot of Manchester stuff. It seems to be uh, seems to be thematic almost. Um, we heard uh, before that uh, Ian Brown, and if you don't know uh, who Ian Brown is, then watch Harry Potter. Yeah, watch <laughs> watch Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, Stardust and. Uh, he can uh, he can sing the phone book as far as I'm co- I'm concerned, um, and uh, he, uh, Eric was just telling me here that uh, he's uh, re-releasing um, Golden Greats, isn't he? Yeah, and Go- a nice 180 gram golden, nice gold vinyl. Vinyl. Yeah, I must have. It originally came out in yellow, but this is gold. It's I more mean, sophisticated yeah. now. They can do all all, all the different uh, hues and colours. Um, so that's what we've been listening to. Uh, forthcoming, uh, we're going to get to this uh, Pete McLeod interview very, very soon. Um, uh, next, I'm going to be playing something rather interesting by uh, Crack, another Manchester band, James. Um, in this instance, I knocked the board with my iPhone. Uh, this is a, a session that they recorded uh, just a handful of weeks ago, actually, uh, the key sessions. And it is their rendition of uh, Las Vegas's uh, Daddy's Gone. Uh, and that's coming up in the, in the next couple of minutes. We'll chit-chat with Eric uh, another couple of times here before he, he trundles off back uh, back to his homestead, and I'll uh, and I'll sit here on my Todd for the last hour. Um, it's been nice having you here. We'll have, to, we'll have to have you back a lot, and I'm talking like you know, maybe very, it'll very even regularly. sound somewhat like organised or. Well, I think it's abundantly clear to those listening that this is in no way, shape, or form scripted or organised, and we're, we're um, well. I'm, I'm at the board handling everything. Uh, I'm lonesome, just as I like it. It makes for a bit uh, uh, of anarchy. It makes for a dodgy mix here and there. It makes for a bit of sibilance and some uh, some peak in the levels. But yeah, it's. It's life, isn't it? Yeah, every one of those is just one drop listener. That's all. Yes, yeah, no pressure. I mean, I'm in the minus <laughs> listener quotient right now. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the Champions League, didn't we? We talked about uh, we talked about the Europa League. Uh, we talked about next season now. Um, or, or you, you don't want to you don't want to address the, uh, the the story that everyone talks about this week in football with with Leicester, or we do do we just not care? Well, again, uh, th- this this program's not about talking about normal stuff. Oh, all right. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm made up for them. I've got lots of. I went to Love Programmer School down the way there. Yeah. I uh, got lots of lots of friends there who are absolutely ecstatic. But it, of course, I, I I feel emotion for them a lot more than I would if it was Man United or Chelsea or what have you. But um, at the end of the day, some teams won it. It's, yeah. not, it's not my lot. And uh, I'm happy for them, and I'm moving on myself. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be, and again... No dilly-ding, dilly-dong? No dilly-ding, dilly-dong, dilly-bing-bing-bong, or I, fling-flong, I, none you of You know, he, he may have been a Chelsea manager, but I think, you know, I, I, have, I have, you know, respect for Ranieri, and, and especially for a guy who completely got... You know, he got shafted, didn't shafted he? by that club, yeah. and then and then for you know Mourinho then to even go after him when he was at Inter, and he was there at Roma, and you know he's like, well, what, that's, it's, what it's, do you expect from Mourinho? Uh, utterly just, classless. To, to, you know, like to lo- so, it really, it, it's almost unfortunate that they didn't win the league there at Chelsea themselves. You know, where that Ranieri would been, wouldn't have been. At least he could have been in the stands instead of taking his mum back to Rome. Where, that would have been delightful. Uh, having said that, I, I was actually hoping that they, they, they did it at Old Trafford, like your old Sylvan Wiltord all those years ago. Yeah, that would, that would have been. been also quite delicious. Yeah. Um, and more, more listeners. Thumb lost. Head there so would have, listen, thumb, head, thumb hair would have grabbed somebody else's hair. If you are listening to this program, you um, you either like music uh, or you like football or you like both. 
We hope you like both. Uh, so um, we, we, te- we tend to go all tangential. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, and uh, I make no bones about that. But if you want some content that is uh, more conducive to what you like, if you uh, want some crew Alexandra banter, well then drop me a line. So it's uh, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Uh, so um, when you're listening to this in a non-live capacity in its podcast format, you can email me and I'll, I, will, I will return your email. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. That's nearperfpitch is the handle i believe is the parlance for the for the twitter vernacular is it the handle it's the at thing it's the at thing <laughs> at near perf pitch and uh, facebook page near perfect pitch and uh, for those who um, are listening who've got no idea who i am uh, fair play to you if you've got no idea about see should they are the, uh, the station uh, for which I'm recording this podcast and a station that I had a show on for many, many years, two, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, and a station that does an unbelievable amount of selfless work for the community and uh, blessed to have had a lot of people come through here who went on to, to do some marvellous, marvellous things in the industry, and it's run solely on volunteers. And if you're in the Ottawa region... It is uh, 93.1 FM, but you can listen online at uh, ckcufm.com. And that's where uh, the Near Perfect Pitch podcasts are going to be housed for now. Uh, I'm going to um, find some other homes uh, to, uh, to, to host the, the podcast as well, as well as CKCU, to try and get as many listeners as possible. So that's, what, uh, that's what's happening. So, so do, do get involved. Um, I'd like to start the request thing happening. So let's get that wheel in motion so that... Uh, Hopefully the next couple of weeks I'll be uh, playing some requests as well as stuff that I see fit. Um, Eric, um, I think we've we've agreed to agree that he's going to be here at least semi-regularly for at least some of the show. Uh, and I'll try and uh, alternate uh, uh, guests as well. Last week we did interviews with, uh, I keep saying we, it was me, uh, but <laughs> got a mouse in my pocket as my brother-in-law would say. Um, uh, we uh, we I talked to uh, Pat Fish from Jazz Butcher, which was uh, a very enjoyable experience, uh, and uh, spoke to Howard Gale, ex Liverpool player, and uh, very very involved with Five Times and uh, and anti racism in, in football, and uh, just genuine genuine top top man. Uh, and this week we've got Pete McLeod. I'll be speaking to Matt, Matt uh, from Dodgy next week. He's going to be he's going to be cool. he's going to be having a chit chat. Uh, hopefully, hopefully get Bruce Crobble on here. He's he's on a cruise. He's uh, he's the most well-travelled man I've ever ever come across. <laughs> he's he's never in the same place for more than five minutes. Uh, and hoping to uh, align a couple of uh, a couple of other interviews with. Uh, I'm trying to get hold of uh, Rachel from uh, from Slow Dive and uh, new project Minor Victories. See if we can get uh, something, uh, something along the lines of, a, of, of a, a chat with her to see what's been going on and what the plans are for uh, the, the new project. The, the album is forthcoming. I think it's uh, it's out this month, isn't it? Just say yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yes. yeah it's, out, yes. it's out soon, anyway. Um, and I'll be playing some stuff from that in the next week or two. So um, tomorrow, does L- Liverpool are playing? Then there's that uh, one-day lull period. Then we're back at it again, aren't we? Yeah. On the weekend, and then uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the it all pans out. excitement of positioning one f- clubs for, uh, for for the final uh, slots, I guess, of the Champions League and Europa, and, and yeah, no well, one really gives a toss. But back so. to what we were saying before. Um, 
about uh, the FA Cup losing its its cachet yeah. with a lot of not just not just fans but uh, with the media with with the coverage and uh, the money it generates of course business uh, it's a shame of course we know that uh, but we, we we touched upon adding some more seriousness to it by having it being a route into Europe so if UEFA then a la the old Cup Winners Cup would say okay any given domestic cup tournament this cup tournament we have two of course we mm -hmm. have the league cup as well which changes sponsors like it's underpants but that's only open to the the uh, the four professional leagues whereas the fa cup is open to anybody and everybody so at the end of the day if there was a european uh, route by virtue of being in the fa cup of course it's going to have the big boys take it more seriously right i i guess the question would be would it would it warrant perhaps would it would it give it automatic passage to the group stage of the Champions League, do you would think? Have or at least the qualification four. You'd have to be the yeah, I, I because think you know you, you, th that year that Wigan wins the the, the FA Cup or or, uh, or or you know the those legs are the, is it is it de is it potentially detrimental to those clubs um, in terms of fixture congestion? I mean, if a f think think about a Championship side winning the FA Cup, which is entirely possible. Um, you know, as as unlikely, but you know. But if it, we, but put we've, it this way, we've seen it happen, and 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 if they're thrust into Europe, even to the Europa League level of, well, we've of seen it happen, and it, and it doesn't end well. Yeah. But like, you know, Fulham, for instance, well, they came within. It's a, a cash pot for the club, and that's, that's about that, that's a benefit. Well, but Fulham came within within a hair's breadth, but it did it did it did really divert their season. Yeah. But if there was the seriousness attached and labelled to the FA Cup, whereby there was that. F in lieu of fourth place, it was a ticket to Europe. Well, then, of course, uh, the better teams, uh, the higher-placing higher, higher teams, are obviously going to take it more seriously. Mm -hmm. And the likelihood of there being a championship team or, or a minnow uh, winning it is going to become less and less likely to be under the, the, the current circumstances. And it's another thing I would like to chuck in the pot and get your opinion. I was talking to, to Keegan, my son, about this, and saying the League Cup, it, it's become... It's become only something you want to win if you make the final. Other than yeah. that, it's something. It's I didn't want to win it anyway. That seems to be the, the general. You, know, you go out early and you say, ah, at least it frees up our schedule. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and you know. So, but my my idea. I don't think I've ever been gutted after a loss unless it was the final, and even that passed by a it, lot faster than the wounds. An the wounds certainly heal quicker than than any other piece of silverware. So it's again, it's that adage: the, the hope. It's the hope that kills you, and and there's not a lot of hope you build up. When to, to win the League Cup. I don't sit there at the beginning of the season and say, this year, this is ours. No, so you've missed a weekend fiction. You've got to make good game three weeks from Maybe Wednesday. Maybe because we've Wednesday, never won so. it, we don't care. <laughs> I don't care as an Arsenal supporter. Well, but, what uh, I'm trying to, trying to say is, is that, that that needs a shot in the arm as well. Yeah. So there are four teams, as long as we, we keep the quotient in the Premier League, there's going to be four, se uh, four teams next year and hopefully for, for years to come. Um, what, what if the League Cup was open to only teams, league teams, that were not playing in Europe. So if you're playing the Europa League or you're playing in the Champions League, you're not in the pot for the League Cup. Honestly, as a neutral, I'd be far more interested in watching those matches than well, worrying a, about Well, A, you're not in it. You've got no vested interest. You yeah. can enjoy it uh, without having having <laughs> having to worry and sweat and bite your nails to the quick, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just an idea it, because... 
Or, or at least at the end of the season, you hope you're not going to be in it next season. Yeah, but, but it's one of those things where you really do have too much football. There's nothing worse than getting the season off to a, a flyer. And then before you've started, there's an international break. And then you're gaining momentum again. And then there's another bloody international yeah. break. And then as a few players come back, croc. And we all know how that, how, how that ends. So it, it would alleviate the... The, the so-called uh, fixture uh, congestion. Well, yeah, yeah, but also the obligation of the, of the larger teams to actually represent, right? Yeah. So, to, if you exonerated, you, you know, the top seven, eight teams well, and the, from, you know, the, from the pot, the, 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 they've used it as a you know blooding in for first team football for for, for, the, for well, the youth. But well, that's, it that's not them. That, that's that's what it's that's what it's turned into for for clubs, most notably your club. It, yes, but uh, we probably started it, but it's it's happened now with with you know. But it's a headache for managers. So, how do you alleviate that? And, and keep the tournament alive. You either do one or two things, you get rid of it, or you've got to make it. You've got to make it more uh, more appealing. Yeah. And I can't think of any other way to make it more appealing than then have something at stake, or have the major players who are involved in bigger and better things. Uh, it's probably not, not the best way of putting it. Bigger and better things, but of Champions League and uh, Europa League and a title hunt is, is a, has a lot more cachet than, than what we're talking about here. So, anyway, too much football, and if we can uh, mitigate some of these waste of time games and make make the FA Cup uh, allow it to, to have the stature that it deserves uh, and, and 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 with regards to that do you do you how do you feel about the uh, if there was talk this year about eliminating the replay um, I used to love replays because yeah. for, the, for the sole reason that I, I, again it's romance and it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I'm one of those people that's you know Really, in in my in my life, no. like, for instance, like, you know, I put on a tie to go to a wedding. I'm going, well, I'm putting on a tie. It's the most functionless piece of clothing there is, and why, why people are wearing it just because it's tradition. So, tradition is probably not it, but I think it's more fair to be frank. And there's a, there's a randomness with the FA Cup because your name comes out of a pot, and if yeah. you earn a draw away, well, then take them back to your place. Yeah. you've earned that right. I agree. I I I I like the uh, I, I like the the um, the replay. I like the element. Do you know was that extra game against Hull this season? You know, came come at a very bad time. It probably couldn't have come at a worse time. But uh, but also, uh, you know, if you know there's a replay, that's this this a possibility. Maybe you're going to take it more seriously. Well, it gives you the impotence. Yeah, to, 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 to not the, the impotence. The impetus to uh, the impotence to, would be. There was a lot of impotence yeah. on the pitch that day. Yes. Yeah, there was. But no, no, it's just one of those things where nobody wants to lose money at the expense of someone else. So, you know, so the Carling Cup. Doesn't want to lose it to the, to the expense of the of, of Barclays in the Premier League, and then the same goes with with UEFA. Every penny from any anything that they can market. So it, it's interesting, but I just wish it was not there. In as much as I wish I wish um, uh, international friendlies uh, were eliminated uh, during the season, it's only too being much a, a summer. That's it's too much football. It damages the. Pl- it, 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 it takes its toll on the players. Yeah. It takes momentum away from club f- performance. Um, I mean, how many times have you seen? Liverpool come back from you know an international break just as they gain some momentum and then you know step back and same thing we it happens to us plenty of times. There was a uh, there was an interview with uh, with season, uh, the West Ham we owners last week and they were talking about <laughs> praying that you know even though they're on, they've put together a decent side with with quite a nice array of internationals, um, they were jokingly saying that uh, this is gold. Uh, he was saying that. Um, 
he liked to have something in the contract where, where part you sign for West Ham, you can't play for your country. Um, also, you know, hoping and praying that that you know they, that his players wouldn't get called up, and that, and you know that's tongue in cheek, but I, I don't think it is at all. I think he's 100% genuine in saying that you know uh, we want to have the best players in the world, but we don't want them to be playing for their country and coming back uh, like a one-legged Daniel Sturridge like we seem to be experiencing yeah. uh, every, every other time. Yeah. Uh, but and then you know, I mean, one of the reasons I think that. Uh, Leicester had its success this season. Exactly, they didn't have they didn't have midweek matches. And you won't hear talk sport talking them. about this. I mean, this, no. is, this is real life stuff. I mean, they had no no distractions at all. They had a week all. of you know They're training lu- time. Lucky to get knocked out of the cup. Frankly, cup, yes. Plural. I, early it, doors. Had they had they had had they had that going on even a couple more rounds. They, too right. Too right. Everything aligned. And again. If you believe in, if you're kismet, if you're uh, into the cosmos, in, if you're into recurring energy, if you're into uh, goodness knows what, at the end of the day, everything aligned for Leicester uh, to the point whereby if we do see something like this again, goodness knows, I, I can't foresee anything happening along the lines of, uh, with, with everything that happened, if you, if, you, if you dissect it like it was some kind of CSI forensic thing, as you, as you quite rightly put, put forth there. Yeah. Having the league and the league only, that in itself is a massive advantage. It happened to some. Well, I mean, it haven't happened. Uh, didn't. No, no. We've always had bloody Thursday football, so no, we've always had that uh, distraction. There's been a handful of clubs that have had the luxury of getting knocked out early. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it pays. It pays dividends, right? Yeah. It's kind of going against the grain. I couldn't remember was whether or not when you when you nearly got there. Uh, two yeah, we, seasons ago, we got ousted. We got ousted uh, from from the from early. Yeah, early, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's obviously that's allows you to, yeah. allows you to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. So, it's been a pleasure having Eric here. He'll be back. Uh, he'll be back in a while. Well, let's let's say it was fun. for the next one. Yeah, we'll have him for the next podcast for sure. Uh, here's some uh, some James, the uh, the Las Vegas uh, cover. I was telling you. Bye, about. everybody. Bye, bye. He says. So we're going to attempt something very James and very stupid, which is on like about 20 minutes rehearsal, attempt to do a Las Vegas song that we love. Uh, Jimmy got into Las Vegas first and he kept playing it every time we'd come off stage on a tour of America and we were like, wow, who's this? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a dream come true for me, this really. So we're about to mess it up and ruin it, I think. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm sure we won't. I'm sure we won't. I've always
That's Pete McLeod. That's Crestfallen. That's the first single off the forthcoming LP, which is out on the 24th. Um, first time I heard that, blown away. Absolutely blown away. Um, look up uh, Pete McLeod. Look up all his material. Pete, uh, M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Uh, at uh, petemcleod.net so you want to be able to get all his material there you can also pre-order the new album you can order it in its limited edition um, CD uh, format which uh, Pete alludes to that he's only pressed a, a small amount of them so if you do want that have to uh, get on the, get on the buzzer quite quickly uh, or else you can download it in as close to lossless format uh, as possible through uh, through iTunes and uh, and Amazon, should you wish. Um, so, uh, I had a nice chat with uh, with Pete last uh, last week, and uh, we did have a few technical difficulties uh, with regards to uh, his telephone. His battery ran out, and uh, the line wasn't too too clever. But we did have a good chat, and uh, hopefully, you'll learn a lot more about the man that is Pete McLeod, and hopefully, you'll be able to be. Uh, as enamoured with him as I am and be able to buy his records as well. So we'll, we'll listen to this and then uh, there'll be a little segue in the middle and I'll uh, be rejoining you. But for the time being, enjoy. All right, no worries, man. So where, whereabouts are you at the minute? I'm just in Glasgow. Okay, so you're, you're, near, you're near to home then, are you? Yeah, do you know something? I don't even um, I put it in my calendar there and um, you were going to call. Yes. Can yes, I can hear everything. Yep, keep keep going, Pete. By all means. Yeah, um, I put it. I think I put it in my calendar, and I, I forgot it. <laughs> well, that makes me feel a little bit better because I am I'm criminally late. I was having software issues, and I did I did shoot you a message a few minutes ago to let you know that I was uh, still still trying. Um, anyway, thank you. How, how long have we got, Pete? Have you got a few minutes? Yeah, man, it's fine. Yeah. Fantastic. Well. Needless to say, I'm calling you because uh, I'm a fan and I want to be able to share your music with as many people as humanly possible. Um, so I was wondering if we could start off by talking about um, um, the new record. And of course, uh, there are some names that have been involved that I, that I know are involved with the record. Could you perhaps tell us how, uh, first of all, the, uh, the arrangement and uh, uh, the meeting with youth first happened? Yeah, I mean, we just, um, at the time, you know, like, uh, I was looking for inspiration to do another album, and I wanted to go a kind of balletic, kind of dance, electronic um, road with the songs, with uh, the songs I had written on, on my guitar. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, over the years, I've never really, you know, I've never really forced that, and... Um, and then uh, just name came up in a in, in, uh, in a conversation, and uh, you know it got to the point where I got to speak to you. Um, we had the chat, and we kind of had it off quite quickly. Um, and Alan McGee was in the meeting, and and he said the chemistry was really good between the two of us, and you know it could be quite an exciting prospect to work together. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, so the album kind of started from those recordings. Um, we took a we took a few took a few hours to to do a few songs, uh, and then sat on it over a weekend, listened back, and then it was uh, pretty much looking light to go from there. You know. 
Well, so it was, it was really natural. So you, obviously, Alan, Alan seemed to be the catalyst. Alan gave the green light, saying that there's some chemistry here. You, you two forged ahead and, and corroborated the fact that you do indeed have chemistry. So I'm sure you must have countless, countless uh, tracks that you've laid down together over the course of the past few months. Yeah, I mean, um, we did we did some recordings in just to do in London, um, and we're really happy about how it was progressing. Um, I was getting trained down from Glasgow to London, you know, every you know once or twice a month, really. Yeah. Uh, and then up to a certain point, we went to just to do in Granada in Spain, um, and we were there for about ten days in a week or something, um, and that was. Uh, I was very productive. I actually wrote a lot of songs there and wrote like different like middle eights and bridges and choruses and uh, wrote three, three new songs from scratch um, as well. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. It's uh, something I'll never forget. Well, you've you've got uh, you've lived a, a lifetime and a half already at your tender age. You've done an awful lot. Um, we'll touch upon California in, in, in a couple of minutes, but um, this this whole arrangement with your uh, new new record, which is still slated for a June release, is that right? Still still coming out in June? It's coming out in June, yeah. yeah. It's available just now to, uh, to pre-order at, at the moment from our website, yeah. Yeah, that's right, because we're going to plug that later. So I, I've pre-ordered my copy, so I'll be encouraging everybody on the podcast to, to, to make sure that they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that they uh, they pre-order their their copy, uh, whether it's a hard copy or a digital download. Uh, yeah. You've got a limited run of CDs for the new record. Um, uh, how many did you press? Do, do you happen to know? Um, that, I don't, don't want to put a number on it, but it's uh, it's a very very limited number. Yeah, so, so, it's, uh, there's, so there's not a lot of them out there if people do want to get a hard copy. There's not there's not a lot because um, I think that the to be to be quite honest, if if, if I can be, um, I hope so. Uh, to, to be quite honest, you know, like the CD, um, you know, I toured in Germany, and a lot of, a lot of German music fans buy still buy a lot of CDs and buy a lot of vinyl, um, and the vinyl things kind of caught on now uh, again over yeah. the past few years now. You know, it's quite it's quite good to see younger kids that uh, you know weren't born into that. Um, music industry where, you know, vinyl was the only way you could listen to music is, you know, there's a lot of kids that are uh, just downloading and um, so it's good to see the, the vinyl has actually got a big saying today, it's good but CDs, it was a big 80s thing, you know, and, that, <laughs> and uh, I don't really, I mean, I, I haven't bought a CD for, for a good few years, you know, but a lot of people still buy CDs, you know, and that's why there's a, a limited run to to cater for fans that still like to buy CDs and I asked my fans that and my friends, you know, who's, who buys CDs and a lot of people said they still buy CDs so it's like an Olympic run of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. well I remember you, you did put something on Facebook a while ago talking about, you know, asking people what was the last CD you actually bought uh, and I think that, yeah. was, that was part of your feeling out. I mean, I'm one of those people that if I can... Uh, support the artist of course you're going to buy their material but I like to have the hard copy because I like the tactile touchy-feely thing uh, not that I don't like vinyl but I think we've progressed in terms of uh, sound quality for for, uh, for for most people that's the most important thing for me is the sound quality to be able to hear every nuance uh, the artist yeah. has spent so 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 many hours trying to perfect that 
you know, I, I love the resurgence of, of vinyl, but the irony is these kids are just dropping the needle with a really basic stylus through a, a basic amp. And you know, whilst it's nice and romantic to think that vinyl's making a resurgence, very few people actually have the, the actual setup to be able to enjoy it properly. But that, that's a bit, yeah, of, that's bit of irony. But no, I, I, I just love seeing, you know, kids who are wet behind the ears walking around with records now. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. I had my niece came over a few months ago from Australia, and I'm a bit of an audiophile, so I've got it all, all uh, filed in sh you know, on shelves, CDs and records and that. She says, and she looks at me deadpan and says, Uncle Dara, do people actually still buy CDs? And, you know, that's a ringing endorsement that <laughs> her age group just don't. So, anyway, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you have done for the people like me. So, so when, when you were talking earlier about being being aligned with youth and uh, uh, meeting him and uh, uh, getting on with each other, and then figuring out you could work with each other. The, the relationship with Alan, who, um, needless to say, is uh, is is a, is a guru of the industry. Did he seek you out, Pete, after having uh, heard uh, heard some stuff on on radio? Did he actually seek you out and 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 uh, want to talk to you? Beginning of the relationship with me and Alan, the friendship uh, there. Or yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, how do you? I mean, you obviously you, you're, from, you're from that neck of the woods. So you, you, pro you probably cross paths with him on numerous occasions. But him actually reaching out to you, saying, "Look, I want to manage you, and I want to, I want to, I want to get your, I want to put your record out." So how did that come about? That that particular dialogue. Well, I mean, I lived in California, and uh, I met Alan. Um, uh, one afternoon, I was out there hanging out, and um, he'd kind of heard of me, and obviously I'd heard of Alan, and um, from that moment we kind of had, had a friendship, um, talked about music, and, and I, you know, I think about maybe two, it's my space days, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I think about maybe two or two years or something, you know, and I actually asked him then, you know, if it would be interested in managing it then, it puts retired from the music industry, but um, it said they would eventually, you know, and that, and that happened like six years later. <laughs> <laughs> it took, so he took his sweet time about it, but uh, all the stars have aligned. Um, this, this, this new record, we, we, we've heard the two singles, which I, I will play on the show. Um, massive, not massive, that's probably an over-exaggeration. It's a, it's a departure from, from the first long player, uh, although there were hints of, of, of you possibly taking this this uh, chill-out Balearic route with some of the vocals that you laid down on, on, on the last LP. Um, two, two grossly different records, but uh, recognisable bits and bobs so far that I can see in terms of a progression from Rolling Stone to the two singles so far. Um, what would you reckon is, is, is the most uh, the most recognisable song off Rolling Stone that could probably uh, appear on the new album, or is there nothing that you think could? You've made that much of a departure that they're two separate pieces of work. Oh, um, is, it, is there a song that's on the second album that could go on Rolling Stone? Yeah, 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 or vice versa. I'm just wondering if there's any overlap, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's a few songs that could, um, you know, there's like on the other side, you know, from the first album, yeah. on the other side, part one, could probably go on the second record. Um, you know, but he, every song, man, every song can go so many different ways. And if you've got an album in mind, you can kind of manipulate it a little bit to, you know, to suit the sound of an LP. Yes, you know? yes. 
Um, or you can manipulate it to sound nothing like the LP and have it as a standout track, you know, to to have a bit of diversity, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think my voice is the voice, you know, so it's never really going to, it's not really going to change that much, the voice. But, uh, but the background and the direction can, you know. Yes. And I, I, I would bore me if I put out another album that sounded the exact same. I mean, Rolling Stone for me was a lot of songs I collected over the years um, and bands that inspired me and influenced me to become a writer, you know. Um, so it was, uh, it was a given that that record, it, it felt right, you know, to make that record the way it was, you know. Yeah. Um, but this second record is more of the music... Um, you know, that it's kinda of that I listen to in my own environment, um, and without having a pressure to sound like something else, uh, just a state of freedom to make a record that I, I actually, you know, like to hear myself, you know. Well, yeah, that is the hope I I think most artists would like to record something that they'd ultimately like to listen to themselves. Um, when when yeah. it comes to, to your your original your own label all those years ago, Mod Rock, um the singles and the EPs that you that you released uh, under the moniker, you know, under Star Sixty Nine, and, and, and all, all that yeah. all, all that old work, is that ever likely to see light of day again? Um, some of some of those songs have been rewritten and retitled. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but the original versions, I know that there's four or five at least that you've retooled. But will those original versions? Uh, will they just? rest with the lucky people who managed to get them first time round or will you be uh, perhaps revisiting them? Um, normally I'd only see maybe visit, revisiting them maybe possibly to play some live right. um, different versions of them maybe record different versions of them but I, I don't see me going back to that sound but I, I, you never know I just, I, I just kind of go with um, where my heart takes me really you know with the songs well, you no, seem, you, yeah. Well, you seem to be that kind of artist. You're a, you're, you're a, you're a natural soul. From from all I've read about uh, your journey and your life journey, uh, you you very much allowed uh, circumstance to take you where it takes you, and and you you uh, write about your experiences. What I was really alluding to before, though, um, Pete, was the material. Not not to revisit them to play them, but I'm I'm just purely being a selfish bugger in terms of a music fan being able to buy them. Would they be ever be re-released? Is where I was going with with that. Um, I mean, listen, you know, if there's a big demand for a certain kind of song or a certain kind of sound, and people want to hear that, I mean, if there's if there's thousands of people that want that, then you know, I would always I would always try and get the people what they want to, um, and you know, in conjunction with satisfying myself and my own needs of music, you know. Yeah, um, well, I think fans. Yeah, fans would like to hear you who haven't had the opportunity because, I mean, these were very, very limited-run uh, singles and EPs that you put out. I think they'd be, yeah. if they were available to download and people could pay for them, I'm sure they would. But uh, anyway, I'm not taking care of your e-commerce. That's very much your decision, but uh, I'd certainly buy them if they were oh, made no. available. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I, I listen to... I listen, I'm, I'm humble enough to, be, to, to realise and understand, you know, if someone appreciates my music... Uh, and they're a fan of that, you know. That's a very humbling uh, comment, you know. And it's uh, and that's a good connection, you know. And I, I don't like to disappoint other people. I'm not really stubborn with music that way too. But when I've got a focus and I'm kind of in that kind of zone, you know, I, I, yeah. I try and stay focused. Or, or 
get overwhelmed with it, you know. Well, you're very, you're very in tune with, uh, with uh, your fans, for want of a better expression. You're very, very uh, receptive. You, you're very good and in an unusual way because it's not normal in, in the industry for people to be so receptive and ask fans what do you think, what would you like, and you've been very good with that. And uh, I think that, uh, I think that's paid off because I think a lot of people who are a fan of Pete McLeod are, are a genuine fan of Pete McLeod. They're not not fair weather. They're they're genuinely uh, they're genuinely a follower of, of 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 anything and everything that you put out. So uh, kudos to you for for having that that attitude because a lot of a lot of artists are untouchable, incommunicado. Uh, they, they don't share anything. But you're you're the polar opposite. So it's a fair play to you for that. And I think all all the fans of your music and you thus far with your track record, on, especially on social media. You're a very approachable chap, and that that's that can only be a good thing in my book. Um, you, you've you've um, we, we talked about youth. Uh, Sa uh, Simon Tong's on this record, is he not? The new record? Yeah, Simon Tong's on it, and uh, um, James McCartney as well. Yeah. Right. And any other names you can drop, or or is that the, is yeah, that... You, um, Simon Tong, uh, James McCartney, and um, Paul McCartney's son. Yes, he's on it. Um, youth. Uh, plays bass on it. Yeah. Um, uh, Eddie, a drummer, a uh, good guy, and Michael. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it, really. I mean, I think more than me, myself, and the producer, uh, is, would have been enough, you know. But it's good to have an RQ and players on the record, you know. But that's it. That's that's all the personnel that was really on the record, you know. Well, that's it's, it's it's impressive enough to have uh, to, to have those guys playing playing along to your songs. Um, is is the record in the can or is it still in post production now? What's that? Sorry, is, sorry, is the record uh, completed or is it still under some kind of post production or is is it completely done? The record's finished. Yeah. Um, uh, it's complete. Uh, it's been. Recorded, mixed, mastered, it's, uh, and it's, uh, it's it's all it's all there. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been listening to it for the past couple of months myself, and lovely, I'm very excited, you know. Well, I'm excited that you're excited because it's just nice to hear from, from an artist that they're excited about their their, their own music and, and, and sharing it with people. Um, so um, we, we've got that to look forward to in June. Um, will there be another single uh, to, to support the album uh, in addition to the first two? Um, there was a little video with the lyrics of the first single out just now, um, and yeah, why not? I mean, I, I don't see, uh, I, listen, you know, it's important that when you were talking about me being in touch with fans, um, I, I'm a music fan myself, you know, and I don't, I don't understand why this mystery and wall built between fans and musicians, um, you know, they're not, they're not the both, they're not, but, we're all human beings, you know, and the most important thing today is no choice. You have to be in touch with your fans here. You just, um, I, I would not want to listen to anyone's music that was written on, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that just kind of like that, that kind of point. So, I mean, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's an open game, man, today. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, I think anything's possible, you know? So anything's possible. Yeah, I thought that all the moulds have been broken and uh, the idea that you can communicate uh, in both ways, fan to artist, artist to fan, if you are that way inclined, you've got numerous, numerous opportunities to engage people 
Uh, and I think it's just a whole new level of fan that's developing as well, to be honest, because to be able to have input, I mean, a fan like me being able to, to be your friend on Facebook and, 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 and liaise with you, uh, is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and, and I think that that can, only, that can only be a good thing on both sides of the, of the table. But back to the mechanics, uh, not back to, we'll talk about the mechanics if you don't mind. Uh, and, and I know this is not like a boilerplate template, but do you have a songwriting process? Do you write lyrics first? Do you, write, do you, do you fumble with some chords? What do you typically do? Or, or is, there, is there no real theme? It just takes on what it does. Um, it's, it's all the preference, you know, as, uh, I, I can't really predict it, you know, I can't, I don't really, I can't really predict what melody is going to come out, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I just kind of, I'm pretty free-spirited that way, you know, I'm pretty free-spirited in general, to be honest, you know, to a degree, yeah. um, I think, I think it's important not to get in the way of that, uh, and actually not to think about it too much, you know, um, otherwise, you know, I'd, He's probably going down a different road with that music, you know, and I would have probably been a lot more, you know, serious about, you know, in different ways, different aspects, you know. I try not to think about that too much, and um, I think when I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the zone of writing a song, you know, I maybe be a little bit more determined to finish it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of, it's, a, it's an incomplete work and you're impelled to finish it. Um, do, do you, are you one of, those, one of those chaps that is writing on uh, you know, napkins and cigarette packs, that type of stuff, uh, whether it's a line here, a word there, or is that not applicable? No, it's not. Uh, I, could, I could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, would, uh, I mean, uh, my brain just doesn't switch off, you know. I wake up, I wake up with melodies and, and lyrics, you know, and I go to sleep with the same, you know. I, I have trouble. Sleeping um, because of the constant ideas I have, you know, and uh, I find myself having to pull over the car or, or stop doing things and just to take notes, you know. So it's, You'll I've kind of always been with that. Well, so, yeah, well, your brain's churning it out. Your, your, your obligation is just to is to record it for posterity so you can remember them and regurgitate them. So, it's, well, my, my memory's so bad, I have to stop what I'm doing. No disrespect, but, you know, you're not getting any younger. And speaking from experience, it's I find myself sometimes halfway up a flight of stairs and not, not remembering whether I'm going up or down. Um, I'm not comparing myself to you, of course, but it tends to happen as you get older. So, yeah, as long as you're feverishly writing this stuff down, that's that's superb. Now, when, when you were when you were a young lad growing up, um, um, it's, it's not ne it's not necessarily the case that you know you, you end up being a musician that you've always been into music. Uh, were you were you one of those uh, music fans from a very young age? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, Ever since I could hear, you know, uh, music spoke to me. Um, so my, my parents tell me from, from being a little baby, you know, from yeah. one, one years old, months, months years old, you know, I, I was just attracted to, to music from when I heard it, you know, and when I seen it visually, you know, it was a, it was a radar, you know, and a, a beacon for, from my... So expression. Better, yeah, so how you express yeah. your spirit through uh, through through music. So in the McLeod household, so your parents, you know, from your earliest memories, were always playing music radios on. They were playing records and that that type of thing. Were you in that kind of household? From the day I was born. I yeah, was yeah. Definitely. There's nothing. There's nothing like immediate and constant exposure to music. Uh, even even if you go retroactively and think, my goodness, me, my parents had bad taste, but being exposed to music. 
uh, at a very young age allows you to find your own path. And, and, and usually it is, it is quite a theme uh, amongst uh, songwriters that they, they've had. I think, sorry to interrupt that. No, not at all. I think that's what we do. I think that's why a lot of people are searching for that, that feeling again when they seem to be kind of going back to the innocence, seeking to be hard when they were a child and there was nothing really else in the world apart from... I agree. 100%. I mean, I, I, I hark back to my days, you know, because when you were a kid, the sun was always shining too, if you seem to remember. It was all, you know, summer lasted uh, six, seven months, where of course it only lasted six or seven weeks, but it seemed to last an eternity. And... You use the words, you know, naivety and innocence, and music, music, I, I can catalogue my life by when a single came out as opposed to a political event or anything else, and I can then quantify and yeah. then place myself in time, so that uh, came out in 77, that she was the Prime Minister, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it sounds like you're very, you're very much, uh, you, you, you're in this for the long haul and it is, it is your life. I mean, if you weren't doing this, goodness knows what you'd be doing, what would you be doing? Getting up to no good, no doubt. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> I've asked this question to many people, and, and uh, a good fair few of them have said I'd be in jail. Not to say that you would be, Pete, but um, it's it's it's. Yeah, but a different kind of jail. A different kind of jail where you can't express your freedom. Yeah, the factory production line jail. Yeah, which is worse than the real thing. Um, so, so you're you're a young kid. What what did, what did your parents play that, that that you could harp back to and say? I have to thank oh, I have to thank him for that. 1950s, 1960s It's 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 my I learned at a very early age that I had absolutely no musical aptitude. Pete, you know, playing the recorder at school was a master triangle player in the school band. No aptitude at all. That's why I became a DJ uh, and uh, and, and uh, bought, bought tons of records and became an audiophile. So, so you you and, and I recognised that very very early. Your love of music, liking something. But then being able to realise that you have an ability in that medium. When did that hit you? That hang on a minute, I can do this. I remember. I remember. I remember going into school at six years old, five years old, having a switch, uh, but not having the facility at my school there. And, and uh, I remember a very, 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 very young. That uh, you know, I didn't kind of. It didn't facilitate uh, an outlet that, that I could feel in my gut. Um, I felt that quite a few times, and I felt an, I had an overall energy that, and I felt it in my bedroom on my own. Um, you know, I, I remember certain times I've been tuned in with different things. Um, 
Somewhat like a psychic kind of thing, you know. That that's well. That, that's I hate to use this corny expression, but that is somewhat of a gift to be able to a have it and b recognize it and then c put it into practice and share it with people. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's all, I don't understand what it was myself either at that age. But I don't know. No, it's it's good to know because I mean this is not a form answer that you ask anybody, any musician who. Of 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 any salt. I mean, you're not going to get a form answer at all. And I, I just like your honesty about it because it uh, to me it was it was it was a massive disappointment to me when I realised that I had, as I said, had no aptitude and would not be a musician. In the same breath, I, I realised quite quickly I would not be a footballer um, because I just didn't have what it what it took to, to to be at that level. But you, it must have been a wonderful feeling to, to, to be able to say, this is what I want to do with my life and this is what I'm going to do with my life. Uh, and you've gone and done it. Very few people have that uh, opportunity and, and, and uh, I've used this term before, gift, to be able to say, hang on a minute, I've been given this talent and I'm going to share it. Yeah, I think, I think you've just got to get a point, though, get to a point where you, you're not really bothered what anyone else thinks. <laughs> you know, yes. Coming from a place that I come from, you know, like you're reminded that, you know, actually it's, it's kind of another way. So it's, it's like being a boxer, and I've done boxing, and I can appreciate what it's like to be a fighter, and you have to make sacrifices and fight for what you believe in, and not really be concerned what other people fight, otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't leave the door, you know. The fear, the fear would get you before the freedom, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, 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 it's great that you can open up about these things. Uh, which leads me to, to your, your experience in California. How many years exactly were you in uh, California? Six or seven years? Uh, I worked there for five years. Five years, yeah. And I don't want to go into to, to loads of details, but if you could say in uh, perhaps one sentence, what did you learn from your time in California? And I don't mean to be flippant here, because that's a big chunk of your life, an important stage of your life, transitional stage yeah. of your life. What what in one sentence can you... Can you take away from California? One sentence. Ah, uh, the cool. weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sunshine, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's, well, what I would say would be a, a different reality, you know, um, from my upbringing. And it's, it's you know, but, but then I answered my own question with that all the time. and ask myself what is reality, you know, what is what is reality someone's reality is is another fantasy for someone else, you know. So um it's an adaption of life, you know. So I mean I think you know, different really I could answer say it one word, different. Different. <laughs> you know? Well, I can't find fault with that answer. It's it's just one of those things. I mean the first time I went I went to California, it was one of those uh places that you've always wanted to go by virtue of, you know, growing up in Britain and, you know, the likes of you and I being exposed to TV and seeing all that glamorous side of things. To me, it was uh, it was like a parallel universe to me, whereby their reality, of course, was real to them. To me, it's like when I go to Vancouver here on the West Coast, where uh, they call it, you know, the, the, the Canadian la-la land, where it's a completely different vibe, unlike any anywhere else, the West Coast vibe. And I love it, but I find myself getting sucked into being overly casual. And ultimately, I think if I lived out there, I'd get nothing done. But that's that's just me. I always I found it too overly casual, uh, and 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 I got to the point where I became really, really good at doing nothing. 
did you did you did you uh, run the risk of be becoming stagnant out there, or were you always uh, finding things to turn your head? Pete. Now that that's the fun bit. That's when uh, Pete's mobile ran out of battery. So what happened then was I had to uh, get over myself, talking to myself literally for two minutes, uh, and then realizing that there was no one on the other end. Uh, and then uh, Pete um, finally got his mobile back in order uh, by virtue of his girlfriend's charger. And uh, so here's the second part of the interview because uh, it was uh, abruptly ended by, uh, by uh, Pete's battery fizzling out. So here's the remainder. Hey Pete, how are you? I'm good. Uh, listen, I, my girlfriend's just come back, so I've got the good charger, so everything's fine now. Oh no worries. I just, I just uh, you know, I, I don't know how long I was rambling for at the end uh, there because uh, I didn't realise you were you were off the line. But um, just a couple more questions to tie things up, and I'll be able to um, to stitch this all together and edit it together uh, later. Um, just curious uh, in terms of um, you, you'd uh, pose that question to to your fans and friends a while ago in terms of. What's the last thing that uh, you bought, and are you buying records? What are you What are you buying, and what's the last few things that you've actually bought? Um, I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll be quite, you know, honest. Um, I get a lot of music for free um, because people give me music for free. Um, lots of people email me their music, um, you know, which is nice. You know, um, in terms of music that I buy, um, well, I just bought a vinyl uh, two days ago. Uh, on Amazon um, from a friend on Facebook um, so I think he recorded actually with you uh, as well so uh, his name's Paul Paul Hegarty so I'm looking forward to hearing that um, I, haven't, I haven't bought a CD for a long time and, and that's the reason why I was considering not putting the album out on CD you yeah. know? but uh, just because I, I don't buy a certain format, it doesn't mean everybody else doesn't buy that format, you know? Yes. Um, but, you know, to, to be quite honest with you, I just download on my phone. I find that uh, it's, it's time-consuming, you know? It's, uh, it's, just, it's just, for me, it's just the best way to, to, to get new music. I just download it on my phone, it's there in a second. Press the button. Are you are you one of those? Sorry, Pete. Didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, you know, are you one of those uh, Spotify uh, listeners or equivalent where you can screen stuff, listen to it uh, uh, before you buy, or, or just just have it? Because uh, I know I know Alan's been raving about discovering Spotify, whereby he's not just you know stumbling across across new stuff. He's he's rediscovering bands like House of Love, which you know we're on his label but now he's all these years later he's rediscovering hang on a minute this is a great record and i'm listening to it on spotify for my 10 quid a month i'll tell you what i think right i think it's okay if you've made a lot of money in the music industry yeah uh, um and you can have you know you're not in a position in the trenches in the music industry trying to make a living um i think it's okay for everybody to say that about spotify but actually when you're actually in an independent position and you have to pay bills and you're and you know you rely on any kind of income coming in as a musician, Spotify is not a great thing. You know? It's a great it's a great thing for a consumer. It's 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 not, not exactly a cash cow machine for an artist, that's for sure. Well, 
imagine that any any product on this earth uh, was screened. No, no one would be making any money. True enough. You know, so I mean, I think it's okay for people that have made lots of money in the music industry to say Spotify's good. Um, but actually, if you're a musician, um, you don't have a huge fan. You don't have a huge fan base, and you haven't sold lots of records when streaming didn't exist. And you have a fan base because major labels invested in you and, and, and you know, and uh, your talent uh, and endorsed your, your gift music um, and gave you that platform to uh, of investment to tour and exposure uh, and work on your, your, your talent and music. Um, it's, it's not it's not really like that for an independent musician today because what you've got is just faced with all these, uh, you know, if we call them heritage acts or nostalgic, um, you know, romanticism in music, which I do myself as well. You know, I go back and listen to all the bands that I like, you know. Um, you could, you're faced with that. You're faced with not getting a lot of money for supporting bands. You're faced with uh, streaming revenue that is next to nothing. Um, you're faced with people not really giving you your time because you're not a big name. Um, it's a very tough industry for me, artists, because you know you're fighting for time. You're fighting, and and I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the artists are getting screwed on every corner of the boxing ring at the moment. You know, and it, it's it's not good, and, and that's the reason why I said I'm not I'm not putting album out on Spotify. You know, this is I'm serious. You know, this is a serious thing that I do. You know, as much as I enjoy doing it. You know, it's like it's the business. Um, I'm not just an artist; I'm a record label as well, and yeah. I'm also, you know, and I'm also, I'm aware of what's going on in the business. And even for radio, because you're not a big name, you're not getting that exposure because it's kind of like it's like a bandwagon, you know. And people kind of give you that time if you're coming from a name, and I, I just don't think that's a good thing for art, you know. Well, I, I, I'm loving listening to you. I used to be a music rep many years ago and, you know, selling selling CDs, vinyl to, to, to retail, what have you. Back in the good old days, as you probably like to call it, when artists were, were making their money as a part of a machine, whether it was uh, the album, you know, being £9.99 or $18.98, whatever it might be. Um, I, I read a staggering statistic a while ago in terms of how much money Portishead made on their third LP, Portishead 3, on, on iTunes. And it was the most derisory, insulting, minimalistic amount of money that it made my head spin. They'd make more money out of T-shirt sales at any given gig than they would from a year's worth of selling their album on iTunes. The, the, the model, as I alluded to before, is brilliant for the consumer because they can try before they buy, they can rip, they can steal, they can do all this stuff. But, you know, where's where's the business line to actually put money into the pockets of the artists who are... A well, I mean, I mean what, what's happened with that, right, is... I mean, what's happened with that data is... It's, <clears throat> it's targeting basically live then, and that's where musicians make most of their money um, through, through live work. And, and the albums are a promotional tool yep. for people who buy tickets for the shows. But... One problem with that is all the gigs that people are going to is fine. It's, it's artists that have actually had that investment from from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 80s, uh, You know, that's just for wanting to go and see. These people can actually do that with the music because they know they're demanding £20, £30, £40, £50 for a ticket. 
everyone's wanting to go and see them, you know, so they're just saturating the, the live market. And again, yet again, the up and coming artist and the newcomer, it gets screwed over because nobody really wants to go and see somebody who don't know their songs, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a, it's a good way for evolution for, for a creative uh, industry. No. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it personally, and I, I'm entitled to my opinion just as much as anyone else is, and I, I'm living it, you know. Um, I'm not, you know, I haven't made millions for the music industry, and to be quite honest, if I had made millions in the music industry, I'd be reinvesting it in new talent, you know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of musicians, should we say, that are making millions a year, um, yeah. rock music, and people believed in it, music, and bought their music. I never hear them talking about new music and new artists. I never see them investing in new artists and giving back, giving something back to music. And I'll be quite honest, that pisses me off. You know what I mean? I think it should. I think quite right too. I mean, the model, the model as it stands. If you're not Metallica or U2, it's a, it's an unsustainable model for new yeah. artists, without a doubt. That, so that's the thing as well, Dara. I mean, all these people that have made millions from the music industry, you know. They're, they're quite arrogant with it, and you know people believe in these these artists and go and see them, and it's just to me I just look at it, you know. And I, the thing is, you can kind of come across as better, and I, I've not got a bit of bone in my body. I just look at it as a disgust that you can take so much of something and not put anything back. I think it's, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it is either, and I, I'm I'm sitting here as a bystander because you know I, I buy I still buy an awful lot. Uh, the only thing I will rip is if I can find a nice radio session or something that's not available anywhere else. You know, if I'm not yeah. going to affect the artist. But to me, as a consumer, uh, something has to give here. It, it's a business model that is a cash grab for the the curators and the conduit. But the actual people supplying the content are getting shafted, and it's not a million miles away from what's happening in the world of any kind of content. Whether you're talking about uh, Online news, you see that the struggle from the newspaper industry. I used to, I used to be a, a publisher at a newspaper here, Metro, which I'm sure you know all about. And these business yeah. models, they can't sustain themselves. And the music industry uh, has evolved so very quickly in so little time. And it, there are some so many profiteer merchants like Amazon and iTunes who are making all the money. But it's the most skewed business model I've ever come across, with the people who are the talent making the least amount of money. And and I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination, but it can't it can't perpetuate long term. It just can't. Yeah, but this is the thing. Going back to what we're talking about, you know, about you know, you know, we're discussing about me having a connection with my fans and and friends on, online, and um, because at the end of the day, the, the golden ticket is the relationship between the artist and the fan. Because if you've got fans, you don't need a major record label just now, you know. You don't even need radio stations. You don't even need anything else. You can operate everything on your own with your own people, and you can dictate, you know, the leadership of your of your business in today's model. But the key ingredient is the fans, and if you don't have the fans, it's always going to be an uphill struggle. And you can go into a until you're blue in the face and until your fingers are bleeding. People, you know, in general, they want to hear music that they recognise and heard either on the radio or online. So it's all about exposure in the fans, you know. No, I think I think you've got the you've, you're certainly onto something there. As an example, you know, uh, pledge music. You know, I'm a big fan of Trashcan Sinatra's and amongst yeah. several other bands. I mean, they put their last LP out on Pledge. 
they're, 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 they're leveraging their own fan base and it's a, it's, it's a wonderful way to operate and they couldn't be happier and uh, they're, they're appealing to their fan base in a way that they want to be. Another, another band with a great fan base are Lush who've released new material in the last little while but they're, they're doing that because they can because they know there's a fan base. The yeah. fan base want new yeah. material and they've been smart, smart, smart enough, sorry, in the interim to keep them engaged. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and listen, you know, I think if this existed in the 50s and 60s, um, it would certainly be, be getting utilised by musicians, you know, I mean, if, if all, all these things, all these tools existed in the 50s and 60s, Elvis would have used them, you yeah. know, and John Lennon, John Lennon would have used them, you know, and Neil Young, but they, because they, they've all used it to the advantage, you know, yeah. uh, but it's... You know, it's all you say. It's a completely different model just now. Um, I've, I've sat in the room with many, many big management um, companies. I've, I've, you know, had discussions with them all. It was predicted to me. Even Tony Wilson was telling me when I met him in Manchester where it was going musically, digitally. Um, you know, from guys that guys like David Enholm and actually named T Rex. He was Mark Bowen's manager. Had phone conversations with him. He managed Robbie Williams, but. Um, he told me it was everything was going to be on your phone. He told me that ten years ago, and yeah. then he's great. You know? and I, I think that's good. I think it's a good thing it's on your phones because everybody you know in society and culture today has a mobile phone. And if your music, if any kind of music, is in that mobile phone, at least it's getting heard. I can appreciate that, you know. Um, but you know, as I said, I'm in the trenches. Uh, I do listen to Spotify now and again. I haven't listened to it for a couple of months, but I used to listen to it. Um, it what, what it's done is it's in people thinking they can get something for free. You know, it's like, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Everything costs money in this world, you know? Yep. Everything does. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, uh, there's some aspects that I do agree, and there's some aspects that I don't agree with, but. I just see a big black hole there for upcoming artists. Um, it's a grey area, uh, and it, it's something that's um, it's not. It should have been getting looked after the past 10, 15 years, but instead, um, you know, it's about judges and TV talent shows uh, and about performers singing uh, other other artists' songs, as opposed to a writer working on their development, investment in their development to perform songs, to write songs, to have experiences to do so. Um, and you know it's, it, it's what I was going to say. It's a bit of a shambles. Well, you've made you've made yourself very clear, and I, and I can't argue anything that you said. I'm in complete agreement. I, I, I you know, I, I love the, the the convenience and and the the availability of digital music. It's a wonderful thing to be able to stream records uh, you know, and, and uh, tunes throughout the house and on my phone. But it's the back end business model that can't that can't. Uh, support yeah. the artists and something has to give something will give no doubt but uh, for the time being i mean what i use spotify for it's the equivalent of you know when 20 25 years ago when you're thumbing through uh, the 12 inches or whatever and you, and, and you take a gamble on something for a quid or a pound yeah. 50 I, I like to listen to something that i wouldn't ordinarily yeah. have heard and say that's good i'll go buy it now but here's the thing that it facilitates one or two songs or possibly an EP, but you know, if you're going to spend 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 pounds on recording an album, that's the last album you're going to make because you're not going to get that back on streaming. No, unless it's a major artist. 
it's not going to happen. So that's why I've even said myself, this will be the last album I make because the time that gets consumed and the cost that gets consumed to making a record, making a full length play, um, it's not sustainable. Um, and what's happened for, a, for an artist in my position anyway, and what's happened is major record companies have agreed deals with YouTube and you know, these streaming sites, and there's money coming, the revenue is coming to these bigger artists. Um, and, and smaller artists uh, are following suit with this. And, you know, sooner or later, who's going to realise, hope oh, on, it's not sustainable, and they're taking up all our positions to, to pay for their family or whatever. And, you know, what's, what's happening? Art's, art's going to suffer then, really, isn't it? And, and Absolutely. And we're going to you know, the, the album's dying. There's many, there's many reasons why I have a cross on my album, and that's one of them, you know. Well, that's a, some hidden meaning. I, again, I, I cannot find fault in anything you're saying. I agree in, 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 the, in the entirety of, of, of your uh, retort there, but I, 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 I do worry. I mean, another band that, that I like very much, Frightened Rabbit, uh, from, from, uh, from Scotland, as I'm sure you know about, yeah. and um, worked very, very, very hard, touring their backsides off, engaging an audience and then making sure that audience is in constant communication with them. And they've been yeah. very clever with how they've released their records because they've yeah. nurtured an audience. But that it, it almost means that you've got to be a business, you've got to have some business savvy about you when really you, oh. want, you, you want to be an artist and, and have the industry look after you. Well, the industry yeah. doesn't do that anymore, does it? The underlying the underlying problem in in the music industry is, is the underlying problem on God's green earth, and that's greed. If uh, yeah. and, and that fuels that fuels the machine. It's just a very very hard machine for them to break after all these years, because back back in the day, product product placement was getting heard on the radio. Now it's whether you're played on Grey's Anatomy in the background, right? 
so we still, you know, the single still exists, but it's not necessarily finding its legs on radio. It might be finding its way on, uh, you know, like the new Portishead song on, on High Rise, for instance, uh, or, or as you say, Sony pay NBC $100,000 to put Snow Patrol on, on Grey's Anatomy. And that's, that's the new way of doing things. So, I mean, if, if you ended up being on a soundtrack, I'm sure you'd be a very willing uh, participant in that, but it's, Again, it's a, a kind of a playground for the big boys, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, one of my songs does feature on a, on a Hollywood film, but I mean, the thing, the thing is, uh, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of good things in today's model. There is a lot of good things in it, you know, and you just have to work it to what's best for you and your life, um, and, and be happy and enjoy doing what you're doing. You know, at the end of the day. Well, I analogise it to, I'm not going to even get into this because I know that you've lost your love of football by virtue of the same kind of greed that we've been talking about. But, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's almost like a, you know, parallel, a parallel uh, social form of entertainment with, with music whereby the fan has been treated with, uh, with disdain and not, not being looked after. Same, same with the music fan, but you, you, are, you are flying the flag of making sure that the fans are taken care of and that's your bread and butter and that's where football has yet to uh, to learn that lesson but as a, the, the the band names and the the, the groups that i've name dropped in, in in conjunction with what we're talking about including yourself those that are doing it right are engaging the fans and that, that to me is the bottom line and if you are spending money oftentimes fans are spending you know 10 20 quid on something well yeah. that might be 10 or 20 quid that they probably don't have so they want to make sure that they're uh, that they yeah. get, and, and, and you are, you are yeah. d delivering that in spades, but unfortunately that isn't across the board. We can only hope that the industry's hand is forced and that there has to be some more fairness, but it's not going to change the way of digital delivery. It's the back end in terms of the likes of uh, license holders and uh, uh, publishing holders, songwriters and artists getting the money they deserve and the jury's out, we just have to sit back and watch. But you're, you, you're handling that... Uh, in your own inimitable way, so it's a fair play to you. Um, last question. Well, I, was, I was going to say to you that, I mean, how, how many bands do we all know that are out there? I mean, the talent's exceptional, it's out there, you know. Uh, yeah. there's not, it's, not, it's never anything against the relationship and the quality of music, because a lot of people, even myself included, we talk about the quality um, of music that's out there being very poor, but it's, it's really only the music the quality of music is getting exposure to the spoons to the power. There's so much there that's not coming through because yes. of gatekeepers. There's so many gatekeepers and so many different systems in the music industry. It's an old-fashioned model. It's not allowing people to progress and come through. Therefore, there is no evolution. And I mean, even Liam, Liam Gallagher was saying a couple of weeks ago that there's no such thing as, as the music. And it, but I, I, I know what Liam was saying, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that so much new music out there there's just no such thing as allowing it to come, to come through, and it's so frustrating, you know. For so many bands, we all, we all know all, lots of great bands out there that they haven't the exposure that they deserve for their, for their talent, you know. But, you know, some, some do cut through, some don't, you know. I guess it's, you know, it's, it's a seesaw, man, you know. It is, and me being, I'm not, not a complete Luddite, having been in the industry for quite some time, watching how it's progressed. Uh, what you're saying is very, very sage in terms of the gatekeepers. I mean, if it's not some Simon Cowell regurgitated bollocks, 
that they're getting the exposure but yes there's tons of good music but my experience is I'm having to dig through nooks and crannies and, and work extra hard to find it uh, it's just as you quite rightly say the one that get the music that gets the most prevalence is of course going through the uh, uh, these gatekeepers which are only concerned about money and not 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 uh, not quality but we could talk to a yeah. blue in the face but we're agreeing to agree but if, if ever I get uh, uh, get my wish and, and get get some kind of panel going. I'm gonna gonna request that you're on it because uh, I think you've got a lot more to contribute. And if we had more time, I'm sure you could extrapolate further on that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one more question here before you before you go and join your girlfriend and give her a charger back. Um, are, are there any gigs uh, forthcoming that that you can uh, announce? Uh, and are you in any way, shape, or form going to be coming to North America? That's the whole yeah. different side of the country to me. So it might as well be the might as well yeah. be the moon. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for me, um, I, I'm going to wait and see how well the album's received and how many people buy it, and, yeah. and just kind of see what my situation is in this music industry today. Um, I, I think. If, you create any kind of demand, there's demand there to do anything, then that's a great thing. Um, and enjoy doing what you're doing, it's always a bonus. Um, I, I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm not going to plan far too ahead at the moment. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm just going to see what happens with the album and, uh, and take it from there, really. I mean, as I said, you know, it's, but even for me, support bands. Yeah. In the travel to do these shows, um, you, you're actually walking away from tours, you know, two or three thousand pounds in debt, you know. So it's, uh, it's, it's not really, it's not this, the model is not set up for for um, for up and coming artists, and that I can see I've been an up and coming artist for twenty years. So if that's somebody like me in that with people that are really recognised and have a critical acclaim, uh, both as a producer, and a record label, uh, and a manager. Then you know what, what's happening to the little guy that's not even getting any of that with hopes and and, and you know aspirations to become a professional magician. It's not it's not good, you know. So I mean, I, I'm just I'm going to start on one label. I'm going to sign other acts to that. I'm probably maybe uh, manage acts as well and put my experience into what I've learned over the years. But in terms of um, touring and stuff like that, uh, I'll I'll wait I'll wait and see. You know, I wait, I'm not going to run too far ahead of uh, of um, of something that, that may not happen either. No, that's very sensible and pragmatic of you. you know, it, it's let's let's just hope the album does do well. Uh, but if you, you're not going too far afield, uh, are you doing any festivals this season? Have you committed to anything? Uh, despite, well, I mean, the, the, this is what I, you know, going back to what I say about the the new artist or the upcoming artist or whatever. You know, they're, they're not. The, the artist that hasn't got thousands of thousands of fans, you know, um, agents agents uh, only want to work with artists that they bring in a big draw and crowd and and generate their twenty percent of cut as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot of greed over the whole industry at, at the moment, and you know I'm pretty sure that I become popular with the album, you know the agents will be lining up to book a, a big tour for me, you know, and, and uh, you know a lot of people would just go with flow with that, you know, but I think. It's just gonna this thing and I've just kinda of got this in my head, you know, now that I'm just like, you know it just makes you think of people differently, you know what I mean? I do, I do and and you've 
again, you, you, you're involved in the industry multi, in a multifaceted capacity. You're not jaded. You are just a realist, and I respect that. And again, I was just going to put something into context saying, you know, playing festivals uh, are all very well and good, but if Adele is head, headlining glass, I want to be playing there anyway. Festival. Well, you've answered all those questions quite readily, and, and I can only hope uh, that the album does as well as I hope it will do and, and you do. I'll be sharing it with all and sundry. I'd like to thank you very, very much for, for your time, for chatting, uh, and I uh, wish you all the very, very best. You're one of the good guys, and uh, I'll be in touch through the old social, social media. I'll, I'll shoot you with a link uh, when this is ready for, uh, for broadcast, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. You know, and, uh... Good luck to everybody out there that's a musician and, and has a record label and you know and, and you you know you're not you're not kind of oiling the all of the money out of the of the industry you're doing it because you love it uh, for the love of music. Good luck to you all. You know he's uh, I wish he's all peace and love. You know. Fantastic, and that's that's your mantra, and and uh, we respect you immensely for it. All the best, and talk soon, Pete. All right, you too, Dad. Cheers, Bye. mate. Bye. Well, there you have it. That is the inimitable uh, Pete McLeod. And had a, a very, very enjoyable time chatting with him. And I do hope that you can uh, take it upon yourselves to admit that you love his stuff. Go to uh, PeteMcLeod.net uh, and uh, pick up his, uh, his work. The, the new album's out on the 24th. It's called Crestfallen. And uh, Pete's uh, album prior to this particular one was released in, I believe, 2011. And uh, that is available from uh, from said site as well. So uh, on that note, I think that's the end of this uh, particular podcast. I'm going to leave you with a track from, uh, from Pete McLeod's Rolling Stone. This is uh, a number called uh, Let It Shine, and I shall be back uh, with another podcast within the week. All the very best to you all. Mm-hmm.